Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we continue the conversation on all things Catholic. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by my two friends, Josh Sullivan. Yeah, hello. Welcome. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Welcome. And I just sense there's something different about us today because <laughs> we are talking about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We're talking about Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit is just rushing through our studio today. Eh? And uh, I think it's great because, uh, you know, Pentecost, it's the end of our Easter season. We've been celebrating Easter, yeah. which has been such a good Easter season, I think. Mm-hmm. I this, think and Pentecost kind of is the, is the birthday of the church. Yes. Right? It's, that's, that's the kind of time, like, that's when the church took off, right? That's Up until right. now, it was, it was tradition. It was what God told us to do. It's how to worship, how to do all this stuff. And then Jesus said, okay, you guys go with it now. Like, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. comes down, boom, and now you have to do your work. Yeah, and let's look at that, like, early connection there, right? Like, yeah. Jesus, Jesus said to Peter, you are the rock, I will build yeah. my church, uh, the early Christians, they were sort of, you know, forming themselves. But really, the church can't take off mm-hmm. without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and and we should remember that today. Like, yeah. we can't do things on our own. Yeah. We need the Holy Spirit. We need we need to remember that the Holy Spirit drives the church. Yeah. You know? And I think that's beautiful. I think it's been a beautiful Easter season. I think Pentecost is a beautiful solemnity to celebrate in the, in the life of the church. And it's a good reminder. Like, do you remember the day of your confirmation? Hmm. <laughs> I, rem- I remember it, but I don't know what day it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, but you remember the occasion, I Yeah, guess. I remember the occasion. Yeah. yeah. And do you remember, your, well, yours yeah, yeah. was yeah. <laughs> the Easter <laughs> kind of recent. Yeah. 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 And I remember the occasion. We were literally given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. At that time. At that time. Mm-hmm. And so all of us have those gifts within us. Mm-hmm. It, but we have to like engage them. We have to use them. We have to call on them. <laughs> and do something with <laughs> and them. And do something with them, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And and that's illustrated in the scriptures yeah. for Pentecost. Like, yeah. th- these people received the Holy Spirit and then were able to go and do marvelous things. You know, yeah. this might be uh, an aside here, but, you know, when G- when Jesus gives that, gives that talk in the gospel of John and he says, you know, he's talking about heaven. Okay. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Thomas says to him, we don't know what you're talking about. How do we know the way? And, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the Father except through me. But he, at the end of that, because Philip says to him, show us the Father. Mm-hmm. And he says this, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these mm-hmm. because I am going to the Father. Like the Holy Spirit enables us to do great works. Mm-hmm. Jesus says so himself. Yeah. And yet, like, we have to tap into those gifts yeah. that we have to do those great things. I heard, I heard. Uh, I think it was Father Mike Schmitz was talking on uh, Catechism in a Year podcast. Um, and he, I, I listened to the, in preparation as I listened to the one that Catechism talks about the Pentecost again. Uh, just kind of get, you know, what does the church say about Pentecost? But uh, one of the things he said is that Jesus makes things possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Holy Spirit makes things actionable. Yeah. And wow. so like we, it, Jesus, you know, broke down the barriers between, uh, between us and God and w- allowed us to come back and, and rise from the dead. All that, all those things uh, allowed us to enter heaven. But the Holy Spirit is the one that pushes us forward, that allow, allows us actually to take action and to move with the kingdom. And yeah. that's kind of cool thing. That you, it is very cool. Yeah. You d- the Holy Spirit is never normally depicted as anything 
not moving, which is if you mm. think about it, it's, it's always like rushing water. It's not just dead water. It's yeah. stagnant water is smelly, is dead. It's, you know, it's not great. It's always rushing water. Right. Um, wind. Yeah. If wind's not moving, it's it's not wind. It's, you know, a dove. You don't normally just see a dove sitting there. It's normally a dove in flight. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> a fire. It's like if a fire is not actually burning, not moving, it, it's nothing, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of these representations of the Holy Spirit are always moving, always doing something. And so it's kind of cool. That, I mean, that's when we think about the Holy Spirit, it moves us. And if it doesn't move us, then it's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. And that that's the thing about all of us we like we we have the holy spirit yeah and and yet sometimes we're always trying to do things on our own merit or our own you know with our own power and the holy spirit is always like i just like i know in my life and i always just feel like the holy spirit's always just nudging us like <laughs> go 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 yeah. you know and yeah, sometimes I think we can just be like brick walls, <laughs> you know, like just not wanting to do not it, not wanting to move. Yeah. We're just like, Ugh, like we're, we're stubborn, you know. Anyways, I all to say in the scriptures we're about to read, we're going to see how th- these people were made new, were, were, were moved into something incredible. Mm-hmm. But again, I always say this when we talk about the scriptures. You know, we, we read the scriptures and we're like, oh, cool. That's great that that happened to them. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's, it's not like a nice story for us to be like, wow, good for them. That happens to us. Like the Holy Spirit is moving us as well. That is just an example for us to look at and say like, wow, if, if I tap into the Holy Spirit, if I really claim the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me, this, this, these amazing things can happen mm-hmm. in our life. Imagine if everyone tapped into the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our world. Oh, wow. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Like, maybe that's what we see. You know, we, we see kind of a decline <laughs> in people tapping into the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's what's wrong with I, our... I think, I think with, the, with the catechism of the Catholic Church, as uh, we, we, we talk about a cultural Catholic. Well, cultural Catholic does, isn't as experiential Catholic, right? Cultural Catholic is just a person that, that does it because this is what they were taught to do or whatever mm-hmm. else. Whereas in, I'm going to say an experiential Catholic is, is, is someone who experiences the faith. Yeah. And one of the biggest parts of experiencing the faith is the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you know the sacraments, if you know the wisdom, if you know the catechism of the Catholic Church, that's all great. But until you've experienced the pushing of the Holy Spirit, nudging yeah. at your door or making you go do something, or that God speaking, jumping, the words jumping off the page from the Bible or from some song you listen to or whatever else, like in, until you've experienced the Holy Spirit working in your life in those chances, like at, at that time, I understand why people can sit back and just be like, ah, mm, you know, yeah. this, why is faith important to you? Because 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 if they haven't experienced it like that, like those are the things that move you and drive you and be like, wow, everyone should see this. Everyone should be able to experience this. Yeah, and it was, as it was the case for uh, the early church and the readings that we're going to look at, like the, the Holy Spirit is the animating principle of the church. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and uh, we've talked in previous episodes about like faith, faith and understanding, like that's, you know, our faith isn't just a series of propositions that we assent to, that it's not like that it's actually faith in action and the um, what enables us to like um, our, our, our faith to be active is, you know, recognizing and uh um, uh, engaging <laughs> with the Holy Spirit and, and cooperating with um, the Holy Spirit. Um, and like just circling back to uh, Pentecost itself, that it's like this is the event that sprang the church forward, that yeah. like went from the, the church being kind of not, not, not stagnant, but still yeah. um, waiting. Yeah. Um, to, and like 
um, all, all of those questions, like um, saying to Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Like the, all, all, there was a lot of waiting and a lot of uncertainty, um, at least with, with the early apostles. It's like, okay, what now? Like yes. after, mm-hmm. after the resurrection, yes. after um, that, you know, this is the moment. There's like, okay, this, this was the end game all the time. Um, that you know this this is yeah. moving the church forward in history, and you have the apostolic age that follows, and you have kind of the history of the church um, in action in the world, you know, mm-hmm. affecting change in the world, all because of kind of this this moment of the Holy Spirit coming in. Let me ask you guys a question. And would you think that maybe of the of the three persons of the Trinity, we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Is the Holy Spirit like the least known? Oh, for interesting. <clears throat> I okay. I think I think the Holy Spirit is the least recognized. That's what yeah, I meant. That makes to sense. Say. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think I think when you talk about anybody in the anybody outside of the Christian Church, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, is going to recognize when you talk about God the Father, they're going to have heard that Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. They're going to recognize Jesus mm-hmm. because He's the prominent figure that right. came down to earth. Um, but the recognition of the Holy Spirit, I don't think people outside of the Catholic Church or even, I mean, sorry, Christian Church, um, is going to recognize what does the Holy Spirit mean? Does that mean God's Spirit? Well, then that's God the Father, God the Mm -hmm. Son. Like, they don't understand the complexity of the Trinity. And, of course, because no one can understand it's a mystery. But, you know. Sure. And and the reason I ask is uh, for that very reason. Like, you know, we're talking about the stillness or Mm -hmm. maybe the stagnant or where people were looking like the what now. It almost feels like... Many Christians today are still at the what now, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is the is the Holy Spirit the least recognized? Um, and then you know, take that back. You know, I had said like, do you remember the day of your confirmation when we when we literally yeah. received the gifts of the Holy Spirit? That's a sacrament that probably where if you were to ask if someone was to ask their parents or mm-hmm. a teacher they would probably have the hardest time explaining what the sacrament of confirmation is. Yeah. Rather mm-hmm. than like, okay, reconciliation, oh, you go yeah, confess yeah. your sins. Yeah, exactly. Eucharist, it's the body of Christ. Yeah. Marriage, obvious. <laughs> yeah. uh, ordination, yeah. here's a priest. Yeah. Or sacrament of the sick, it's for healing. Baptism. Baptism. Yeah. You know, uh, sacrament of confirmation. Well, yeah. it's you like that. <laughs> where, yeah. yeah. And there's, a, there's some confusion over there. So that's why I ask, is the Holy Spirit the least recognized and and I don't think we we absolutely understand the great gift that God has left us in the sacrament of confirmation and that the holy spirit is present with us it's it's I think it's it's under appreciated or underappreciated under utilized it's something it, i think the other thing too because i've been thinking about this recently especially with my boys as my boys grow up i try to teach them the faith i i think i've taught them a lot i mean they listen to this show they listen to a lot of the hi podca- boys <laughs> a lot of the podcasts that i listen to <laughs> um they they listen to a lot of that kind of stuff and so they know they know the faith you know but do they know it in their hearts mm-hmm. and i think they do I think I've introduced them, but, but do they, are they able to follow the spirit? How do you teach that? How do Mm. you accept that? How do you, like, how does, how does one, like if someone's listening to the podcast, how do they sit there and say, yeah, okay, I want that. How do I get that? I mean, you get it through confirmation, but like three of my boys now have been confirmed. I think two, two, of two, two, two of them, and now they're going to be a third one yes. this year. Okay, that's what it is. It's good thing so, I, have the, I have the fact yeah, checker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So soon there will be three. He just had his birthday, so I, I'm thinking, oh yeah, he's twelve. He's going to be. Um, but um, yeah, so the but having through them now, how do they experience the Holy Spirit? How do they like? How do mm-hmm. I bring the Holy Spirit to them, or how does how do we get the Holy Spirit? How do they experience the Holy Spirit so that they can? 
um, their faith can come alive. Well, I, I, I sort of brought us off track a little bit, but I think those are important things to ask. Uh, but yeah. let's, let's look at the scripture because we were, we were going to look at what uh, scripturally it says happen on the day of Pentecost. Okay, so uh, let's look at it here. Now, remember, these readings are taking place on uh, Pentecost Sunday. And uh, we obviously hear from the Acts of the Apostles yeah. is in the first reading. And then uh, in the second reading on the for the Mass of Pentecost is what I'm talking about, is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And then the Gospel that day is from John chapter 20. So we're going to we'll just look at Acts. It's chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. So bear with me here while I read this, okay? When the day of Pentecost had come... They were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in their own language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. It's kind of cool. So one of the things that we kind of discussed a little bit before, but we said we'll talk about it on the show, um, <laughs> is is there's there's a, there's a no, I'm not gonna say debate. There's discussion uh, whether whether they were in the upper room because I think Matt, you said like it, tradition has it that where we believe that they were in the upper room at that time, or that's kind of what's yeah. been shown through paintings and through pictures. And, yeah. So in, in in my experience, like so my background or when I did kind of this. Yeah earlier biblical study um a lot of a lot of my teachers would suggest that they weren't in the upper room so when i encountered kind of the catholic tradition around pentecost yeah. um that yeah a lot of sacred art depicts them in the upper room receiving the tongues, um, of, fire. The tongues of fire yeah um and that you know it's just traditionally held that that's where they were when this event took place and mm -hmm. then from the upper room they go out um, and you know, encounter the the other nations who were living, and that's where you have them. Um, so, but uh, again, it was, it was something I was surprised by because all of my formation up to that point um, had that they weren't actually in the upper room, but that they were in the temple, the, yeah. the temple complex, um, and specifically they would have been in the um, uh, the the Gentile courts, uh, the temple complex, the bigger, because yeah. that's where they would have encountered all of these these people with from uh, different yeah. 
areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Now, and when, when we look, okay, so let's look back at that because what we if to figure out where they're at, you actually have to go back, and that's kind of the cool part because I was actually yeah. I was like, oh, so I've never heard this. Yeah, and and one of the sort of linguistic underpinnings of yeah. that is that a, a violent rushing, the sound of a violent rushing wind filled the house, um, yes. so that the house, um, you know, just just again at, at a like an English reading, like okay, the house, the house in the upper room, that, uh, yeah. but um, the the term the house, like definite yeah. article the. Um, was you know um, colloquially how Jews referred to the temple. Um, so was, like was when when, um, when Jesus is overturning the the tables of the the money changers, when he says like my father's house is to be a house of prayer for all nations, gotcha. that is like that that's the same kind of word usage there that like the house refers to the temple or that, that that's kind of the um, linguistic justification for that interpretation. And so okay, so then right before that, that's Acts two, right? That we're talking about chapter there? two. Mm-hmm. And so in Acts one, when you look at it, it's actually Jesus with them. It says, uh, he replied, "Okay, so the the apostles are asking, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom?" And he replied, "The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive a power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses." telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up onto the clouds of heaven. We talked about the Ascension Mm -hmm. before while they're watching and they could no longer see him. Yada, 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 yada. The apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upper upstairs Mm -hmm. room of the house where they were staying. Here, the names of those who were present, Peter, James, John, Andrew, uh, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas. They were all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of God, several other women, and brothers of Jesus. During this time, about 120 believers were there together in one place. Peter stood and addressed them. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on, and they're talking about Judas and stuff, but it's kind of like that's that's what's happening right before this part takes place. And so um, you can see two things. One, that they went to the upstairs room, but then... During this time, when about 120 believers were gathered in one place, yeah, yeah. so unless the upper room could fit 120 believers, roughly, yeah. uh, and we know that there are, uh, and this is another one, and we talk about Mary being a, a virgin and not having a whole bunch of kids. It says the brothers of Jesus, but it indicates the people that were there, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus at mm-hmm. the time. During this time, 120 yeah. believers were gathered in one place, and so unless Mary had like. 100 kids <laughs> right that's the only way that this explanation yeah. kind of goes on but when we're talking yeah. about relatives or we're talking because yeah, yeah. brother in the aramaic um and the old hebrew too is is any brother is, is just a male relative yeah. and so it could have been all the male relatives or all the people that were considered family at the yeah. time so anyways yeah so that's kind of we don't actually know if it was in the upper room or not i mean tradition yeah. suggests maybe so very for the pictures but it being yeah. in the temple con- completely works for this yeah. and we know at some point they went out exactly. so so the, the the implication there is that like well, first of all, that, um, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and, you know, this is a lesson for us, too, that it's like, it's not just for us yes. in our own kind of isolated experience. You're like, this is meant to go out. This is meant for the nations. This is yeah. meant for the whole world. Yeah. To get into public. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So the Holy Spirit comes upon those gathered there, uh, right? And they're, what I find interesting is, yes, it's, it does stir them into action. Yeah. But there's this bizarre unity eh, that, mm-hmm. that brings 
people of all types together. Yeah. And it's it's like only God can do something like that. Yeah. Like to bring like all the places. I don't want to repeat them all again because I had yeah. enough trouble going through them the first time. But uh, all these places that people were gathered together from, uh, you know, and all of a sudden there's this unity. And at the yeah. time. They're, sorry, yeah, I, 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 but like the the throwbacks that are that yeah. are that are part of this are like the the biblical references, like that. Um, um, when you go back to the Tower of Babel, that's what I was when yeah. when humanity yeah. spoke one language, and just like if they can do this, like they they are capable of so much. So like for the spirit to temporarily enable them to all understand each other in their own language, it's just like a small glimpse at what you know the spirit is capable of, and it's like. Um, you know, you have that moment of of unity of like that again sh- should represent kind of the the global or kind of universal church. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It is very cool because uh, I mean that's another that's another uh, sign of the Holy yeah, Spirit yeah. working. There's unity. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's you the, in the in the mass yeah. we make reference to this. You know, it says, uh, "Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you,' which is in the gospel reading yeah. for the Pentecost Sunday." Uh, and then it says, um, uh, "Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, yeah. and graciously give her peace." And unity, yeah. right? And like that unity that we call like from the day of Pentecost where all Christians are united and, and speaking the same language, yeah. right? I think it's a beautiful thing. So many Christians today aren't speaking the same language. And I, I don't mean no, linguistically. No. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, in matters of, of, of understanding Jesus and understanding the Christian faith. What, what, a, what a phenomenon it would be. If we all spoke the same language, I say I think this goes back. We talked about this a little bit last couple of weeks, but um, goes back to if you're seeking truth, if everyone's seeking the same thing, yeah. you're going to find everybody there. It's when we put our own pride in the way, or we put our own ideas of how God's going to work this out, or how you know, like how many times have you been in a situation before where you're like, okay, God, you know, or or you felt like God was telling you one thing, so you you have a you have an idea of the end goal and how to get there, then you start planning out in your head mm-hmm. and how many times does God just kind of take that and roadmap it totally different? You know what I mean? Like totally bring you down a, a dirt road you didn't know existed kind of thing until you end up at the exact same spot, the spot where maybe he promised you or the thought where you thought you were going to end up be through your, you know, through your own yeah. prayer life and everything else is where, okay, this is where I thought it was going to be, but how I got there or, or the purpose behind it mm-hmm. or the, the reason for suffering or the like, you know, like all that stuff you understand once you're past that point, yeah. but to get there and if you start to try to put your own, twist on things. Okay, you know, God wants me here, so this is how I'm going to do it. Um, that's when things just go awry, you know, and division happens. Now, in the gospel for the, for this day, uh, it's from John chapter 20. It was evening on the day Jesus rose from the dead, the first day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. He comes into the room, mm-hmm. and he says, peace yeah. with you. And, yeah. he said, and then it says this. Um, breathe. It says, breathe. yeah. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So how is this scene different from what we just read from the Acts of the Apostles? Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah, Do you want to go ahead? I was just going to say, what's cool about this for me is that there's two different times, especially for a Catholic, to realize that there are two different opportunities here. One, the Holy Spirit is given to you confirmation true yeah and then one time where it's awakened in you does that make sense oh yeah and yeah. so so if you you've received the baptism uh you, you receive the holy spirit at baptism and you receive it at confirmation so you get filled up 
but there is the point where they have to be open to it or have to like take it. You know what I mean? And and there is some time where a confirmation some. Some kids, I've seen it, uh, where you know, or, or even adults, uh, yeah. if they receive a confirmation a little bit later on, where they become on fire for God and they mm. just want to tell everybody about it and everything else, and you see it and it's awesome. But a lot of times, uh, cradle Catholics like myself, uh, you might not have experienced the fullness of Pentecost, let's say, at your confirmation, but that's okay because right there, Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit onto them, so they got the Holy Spirit, and then something else happens. Yeah. After he goes up to heaven, like Jesus leaves them first, and then the Holy Spirit kicks into action. Yeah. So there's this, there's this. Uh, ho- the Holy Spirit is given to you, and then it's activated. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, that the um, the cool that, like that this this seems more kind of um, specific to the apostles, or that mm-hmm. this is this is a um, you know a direct reception of the Holy Spirit uh, by the apostles, whereas you know Pentecost is more. Is more general. There are a lot more people present to witness it, um, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, it's engaging outside of that that you would say that inner circle. Uh, for me, what I find really interesting uh, about this is the use of breath and the use of wind, hmm. um, because hmm. you know again, like the the kind of uh, biblical. Uh, pretext for this um, is that like um, yeah uh, we've said a bunch of times that like Hebrew is working with uh, uh, way fewer words than uh, than certainly English but even even Greek or or Latin or any of the the other um, languages that were used at the time um, but the 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 Hebrew words ruah um, is yeah. is the word for breath. It's also the word for wind. It's also the word for spirit. Um, it can also be the word for voice, but that's that's less common. Um, and that you have this kind of thread being woven through these these events and, yeah, the apostles' understanding of, of the Hebrew Bible itself, that, like, when God created man, formed him from the dust of the earth and breathed into him the breath of life, that's this word, ruah, um, that, um, and, you know, uh, Jesus shows up to the apostles and breathes on them and says, receive the holy Holy spirit Spirit. um that this is this is a continuation of the mandate this is the continuation of the next step yeah yeah, just like breathing into humanity like the image and likeness of god um and that you have the more um uh, and again a a violent rushing wind it's the same word ruah like it's it's all all of like all of these things are are connected and it's it's all you know you would say kind of manifestation of the holy spirit yeah um while I'm on this kick, um, <laughs> the same thing is happening with with fire. It's like, yeah. like the um, uh, fire, fire descends um, and divides and settles on the heads of uh, of the disciples. Where else do we see non-consuming fire? Yeah. The bush, yeah, the, the burning bush. Yeah, um, when God's it voice, reveals. yeah, yeah, it mm. speaks speaks to Moses and gives him his mission, yeah, sets him yeah, on the path, yeah. like gives him, animates him into. What, what, what he ultimately does is call the Israelites to be who they are. Yeah. It's like here you have the the fullness of that in the Holy Spirit calling the church to be what it is. Um, so, and it's on each of them instead of yeah. in the bush in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Ah, cool. Exactly. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So that like the, the images working uh, here I find really, really interesting, especially from kind of the, the Old Testament perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's bringing everything back in together, full circle, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, oh, that's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is really neat. Um, now, St. Paul, in the letter to the Corinthians, he kind of shows us a little bit of what happens after people have received the spirit and he says something interesting right in well he's, he's always saying something interesting but <laughs> right in the beginning of the of the second reading for pentecost he says no one can say jesus is lord I, yeah, except 
through the Holy Spirit or by the by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, so no one can say Jesus is Lord. So what is like St. Paul is basically saying like you need the Holy Spirit. You need the act yeah. activation. You need the push. You need the nudge. You need the fire in order to be able to say Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? So the, well, to, to find the way, the truth, and the life, right? Right. And, and then he continues. He says there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. So he lists all these things, right? Like there's a whole bunch of things for people to do. It's the same spirit that we that we live out our our gifts. All of us have individual gifts, right? And that we contribute to the body of Christ. But we can only know that through the Holy Spirit and proclaim Jesus as Lord by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's 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 a it's also connects everything that we're kind of yeah. talking about here. Yeah. And even like that, the, like the, there is one spirit that enables all of these things. Like it's it's a, it's a direct kind of um, uh, um, challenge to um, you know a pre-Christian religion, religions where you know spirits were local and they were individual and they you know this god did this thing and this god did this other thing and they didn't have uh, like that no um, like is it making making a uh, case for you know the Trinity and the unity yeah. within the Trinity that the church should should try to to kind of emulate, but recognizing that it's like it's not one spirit over here that you know causes you like even looking at different gifts um, that you know um, come with with the spirit is like it's not like one has a source over here and one has a source over here. It's like it's all the same source. It all yeah. comes from God and it's all kind of directed towards you know that unified. I, I like yeah. that, and especially because you think about like when we talk about one holy and apostolic church, yeah. um, the same spirit speaking to the people across the world and uh, speaking yeah. to us, the same message is coming across. And you can tell if that message is skewed or if it's not quite right because it's not the same message yeah. as coming across every single one. We talked about the synod a couple times, and we talked about um, how the message through the synod, like the synod on synodality and all that stuff. But one of the things that kind of is cool is that if you take that one spirit and people are actually listening to the spirit, not personal agendas, not personal things spring forward. But if you have bishops that are sitting down and praying and listening to the spirit, the spirit's going to recognize to all those individuals. I've done this in an exercise before where you're sitting with all the different people and you ask God, what is it that you're trying to say here? And what comes, what, what I feel like God is saying to me in my heart, which is, is, is maybe different than what I thought he would say or whatever the case may be, but it comes up and then I have these words. So I, I write them down and ready to say, to speak. But you know what's funny is the guy across the table that's praying in the same group of 10 people, let's yeah. say, says exactly what I've got going on here. Yeah. And that's how you know you're one spirit. You know that like, and that's why the whole, all the bishops getting together to discuss this, if they've all been praying about it, that one spirit comes forward and it, it trumps any kind of agendas. It trumps mm-hmm. any personalized, yeah. uh, bring the church up to the new age or whatever else. But we have to have faith that the spirit is going to work properly and that he's mm-hmm. going to protect their, the church, right? So, yeah. yeah. So just a few minutes left here uh, on this episode. Uh, now, it, we're celebrating Pentecost. We know what the Holy Spirit can do, mm-hmm. does do mm-hmm. in people's lives. What would be helpful for people at home uh, listening today if we haven't really activated the gifts of the Holy Spirit have given us what is something helpful that we can take because the spirit is always abounding but in a particular way over pentecost weekend you know we celebrate the holy spirit and we're relying on the holy spirit to come so what would be helpful for someone looking to really 
release or yeah. release the Holy Spirit yeah, in their in lives. Their life. yeah. Well, I, I would say pray and look for opportunities. Like, so God has given you gifts and the spirit animates those gifts or it, you know, allows them to be used for the building up of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, each of us have different gifts and I'm, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of gifts that I don't have. Um, but, you know, um, um, I, yeah, I can look for opportunities to, you know, make things yeah. <laughs> too. Cause like I, I enjoy that. I can, you know, I give that gift. Um, you know, I, uh, can, or like if, if someone yeah wants me to, <laughs> uh, lead a class on something like yeah. I, I can do that or like I, yeah, yeah there, there's something I can offer there, but you know, um, um, uh, yeah, I would just, yeah. Pray. Pray is number one. I agree with you. Um, and then if you if you feel a prompting of the Spirit to do something or an invitation from, you know, a priest or someone in your parish to, hey, you're good at this, you can offer this for, um, you know, uh, something that's coming up in the in the parish community, um, that's an opportunity to use, to, to cooperate with the Spirit. And use the gifts. Yeah. My, mine comes with a warning. My, my, my suggestion is, is know what you're getting into when you do this, but give... God permission, give the Holy Spirit permission because it's free will. God is never going to impose his spirit upon you. So you've accepted it through confirmation, whether you knew that you were doing that at the time of confirmation or not, you know, but that's what you were doing. And so now it's taking a special time silently in prayer and asking the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit, giving permission to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to move through you, to use you and activate inside of you. Like, use me, come do whatever you need to to get me like I'm I'm ready to do this. It's I, I say that with the warning of that's sometimes a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meaning like you said, like sometimes sometimes it's the prodding, it's the pushing of yeah. like go talk to this person. You're like, no, I don't want to. No, I'm yeah. not. And like yeah. I feel like the cat on a tin roof, or like just like when you try to get cat in the bathtub. Like no, I'm not. I'm not doing yeah. it. You yeah, can't yeah, make yeah. me do it. But um, the sometimes for me when the Holy Spirit speaks. Th- to me or through me or whatever, it's sometimes an itch that I can't scratch hmm. until I go and do whatever he's, he's, he wants me to talk to this person. I'm like, God, that's, God, that's <laughs> freaking weird. I'm not going to go up and talk to that person. Um, but then there's an itch inside of me. I just like, Oh my God, like if I walk away from this now, that's really going to bug me. Okay. Okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to go embarrass myself. I'm going to go talk to this person and say, Hey, how's it going? My, my name's Josh. And then all of a sudden something comes forward from it. And I go, wow, that's amazing. Like God really did do something there. So giving him permission, giving him permission to do something in your life. And then like Matt was saying, mm-hmm. follow those proddings, pro- follow those little pushes. Um, when, when things are coming forward, because the only way you're going to grow in your charisms that God has given you, mm-hmm. those gifts that he's given you, and he's given everybody different, some teaching, some of yeah. preaching, some of administration work, some of, um, caring, uh, music, people servant music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all those charisms that come forth, the only way he's going to do that is through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So praying is number one, uh, cooperating with the Spirit and uh, giving permission. And of course, my favorite prayer that I use many, 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 many times a day is come Holy Spirit. (laughs) So uh, that's all the time we got uh, here today to talk about uh, Pentecost. But uh, thanks for the discussion today. And if anyone has any comments or uh, questions or things that we left unresolved, you can drop us a line at askus at thecatholicbuzz.com. Or leave a message on our Facebook or Instagram uh, pages. So, for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.